Hello, everyone. You're listening to What's Up Salem. What's Up Salem is a podcast where every other week we take a look at what's going on in Salem, uh, what the issues are. We try to talk to staff members and get a little information about uh, what's happening in the town. My name is Ross Maldoff. I am a former planning director uh, for the town of Salem. Joining me today is Roy Sorensen, our municipal services director. Roy is a, a repeat guest. Uh, he was here sometime earlier, and we're going to be talking about various things, uh, particularly the end of the depot improvements. Hopefully it's the end, and yes. also uh, some winter maintenance, snow plowing type issues, and I'm so anxious to hear how Roy is going to make snow plowing an interesting topic for us. Hi, Roy. How are, how are you? I'm good, Ross. It's uh, nice to see you again. Yeah, thank you. Tell us a little bit about uh, winter maintenance operations. I hear you you gave a report to the yep. Board of Selectmen recently. What's going on with that? Do you have enough people to drive the snow plows, and uh, what are you expecting for the winter? Uh, well, to say what I would expect for the winter, I have no idea. Um, it's different every year, but um, we'll get through it. We usually do. Uh, we are, as you mentioned, we are still uh, short-staffed a little bit, but we'll get through that. The contractors as well, um, and that struggles throughout. But we we're prepared to go. In fact, we might even have some snow and ice tonight. We'll find out. But uh, the guys will be out there checking the roads early in the morning, and then if we need to treat them, we'll do that. But um, typical of the winter season, we did do our uh, presentation the other night, and we talk about how we handle winter weather and it's it's a lot different today I think than it has been in the past because people expect you know to have the roads clear right black roads as we say um, and 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 usually that's where we get to but one of the things with snowstorms is they can last anywhere from you know you know two hours all the way to 40 hours and 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 what the public should understand is our staff it's all of the public work staff we have all of our utility staff as well our uh, the folks that do our water and soil work same people that work in the water treatment plant, same people checking the uh, soil pump station, list stations. It's all inclusive, so they're all on board, and uh, they do a fantastic job. And, the, you know, the thing with that is they, get, they go 30 hours straight. They still have to work their shift the next day. How many so. people do you have uh, from Public Works, and how many contractors do you have coming in, roughly? Yeah. So, well, I mean, roughly we have at least 75 pieces available during a snowstorm if we have a full snowstorm. So that's all inclusive of of town equipment and contracted equipment, um, 60 to 65 personnel per se. Because Some of that equipment, you know, it's staggered. You don't, you know, the sidewalk plows on out at the same right. time the trucks are. So it, it's, it's, it's quite a lift. And uh, as you know, with all the development in town and, and uh, with the Tuscan Village taking off, the level of service expectation, as I yes. mentioned, is there's a lot of volume now. So you have to pay close attention to keeping those roads uh, treated and, and plowed at all times. Generally speaking, uh, two to three inches, that's when we head out and we start hitting the side roads. Our focus is obviously the main roads first, right? So we're going to pre-treat them uh, just to get the first inch of, inch of snow, typical of a, a typical snowstorm. And then we look to plow around two to three inches. And then again, uh, at the end, treat the roads again for icing. Uh, it's been tricky the last three years because most of the storms, uh, and, you know, I don't know if this has anything to do with climate change or anything people ask all the time, but it's a lot of uh, mixed events, rain, snow, sleet, rain, snow, sleet. Where in the past, and people say, oh, well, it's not as bad as a snowstorm. 
believe it or not, a, a four to six inch storm, something like that, a typical New England storm where it snows, you plow, and then you treat the road. Those are the easiest. They're the best storms. When it's rain, snow, and ice, it's just an extended battle, and you're trying to figure out what is the best way to go after this. Um, you know, you don't want to put too much salt out on the roads, right? But you want to keep them safe. And then when it comes to plowing, you, typically you're not plowing an inch of snow off the road unless you have to, right? So it, 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 it's, there's no perfect science. No storms are the same. Uh, but as I mentioned, it's, it's just kudos to everyone, all hands on deck. And every year, especially the, probably the last four or five years, staffing-wise, it's been a struggle. And uh, so that's doing more with less. And people, their, their snow routes get larger. Uh, and as I mentioned, they still have to do their day-to-day jobs. So You might say that it's kind of like a perfect storm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually a perfect I mean, storm. You have yeah. more roads to do. Correct. And you got higher expectations. Exactly. And you have fewer people. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's quite a challenge, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, and as I mentioned, they do their best. You know, the other thing is, as I mentioned, so we talk about, you know, you could be in the middle of a snowstorm and we could get a call that there's a water main break somewhere. Those folks now come off the, the winter operation and they go and they start digging the road up to replace a water a water main or whatever it might be. So trees come down. It's always something. It's um, it's not a good time of year, but it is what it is. We live in New England and it's winter. How do you uh, determine which roads are getting plowed yep. in what order? You said that the busier roads are obviously your yep. top priority, and that obviously makes sense, but say subdivisions and and uh, less traveled roads, yep. how is the order so determined? No, no particular order. It really comes down to the person on the route and the ability to work through the route. Obviously, they're not going to bounce around. So uh, if the roads connect, they'll go through that. They'll, they'll take their first pass to get the road open, and then they'll come back and sweep the road the other way. And then ultimately, at the end, they'll start pushing back their corners and everything else, cleaning the cul-de-sacs. A lot of times, we just circle around the cul-de-sacs. So there's plenty of snow in the center. All that cleanup work t- takes takes place at the end. Now, if we're getting a potential, you know, say, a blizzard for some reason, maybe there's you know 12 to 20 inches or something, you have to get ahead of that in advance as well. So uh, you could be plowing what I would say your complete route, meaning you're pushing your edges, you're cleaning your cul-de-sacs and your corners. You could do that four or five times easy because if you fall behind – you know, the larger trucks can handle a lot of that, but some of the small trucks can't. So if, if you're not pushing back initially and taking up the bulk of the snow, um, you, you could not lose the route, but we have to send our larger trucks and loaders through to help out. Um, typical snow rate, you know, an inch an hour is, is a lot of snow if it's coming down at an inch an hour, consecutive hours. Two inches an hour, you know, those are blizzard conditions. And very hard to keep up with that. In fact, we're not going to keep up with that. It's just you're on your route and you're making passes. Uh, situations like that, they come down a road and you come back the other way. You know, take your road, for example. You come down once and you turn around and come back on the other side. At two inches an hour, it doesn't even look like yeah. you plowed the other side yeah. of the street. How much money does the town spend yep. every year approximately on snow removal, winter maintenance? Yeah, so recently with inflation, uh, the price of salt, here's an example. So the price of salt uh, three years ago was around $46 a ton, and that skyrocketed uh, two years ago to $79 a ton. 
So and when you look at our winter budget, we were already over budget because of that. Now we have a, as you might know, we have a snow trust fund. So we keep, we keep money off to the side when we need it. But on a typical season, uh, we're upwards of a million dollars easy. A million for dollars. Yep. To maintain the roads. Maintain. That's all inclusive. So that's materials. That's paying the staff. That's paying the contracted help. That's fuel. Uh, in any parts you might need for the vehicles, cutting edges and things of that nature. And what uh, do people do, say, if they have a complaint? I'm sure they call in the general public works number. Today, oh. are you willing to give out Kim's uh, sure. home no, phone no, number no. so that people could call her directly? No, we, we no, don't want to do that. No, we're going to do that. No, you would call uh, you know, down to the public works building, um, uh, 603-890-2150. Yeah. Uh, if Kim, so typically Kim's there, as you mentioned her name, she's our admin assistant. She's there during storms, not all inclusive, the full 40 hours, whatever it might be. You may get a machine. We obviously, during a snowstorm, check those messages on a routine basis throughout. Uh, we monitor Facebook. We try to get some messages up on Facebook as well and keep an eye on some other people that might post that their road may not have been plowed in two or three hours or whatever it might be. So, yeah. uh, as I mentioned, it's, it's, there's no perfect science to it at all. It's no perfect plan. We have a plan set up. We do a winter operations plan, and the plan's great on paper, but it's just like anything else. When it comes and whatever you get, you try to approach it based off your plan, but you're always making adjustments throughout. I love Kim, and that's why I mentioned her name. Yeah. Uh, but that's I also want job. to say uh, I think that your guys do a great job, uh, and they have every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it's very hard work, and they probably get complaints uh, yeah. more than compliments. But uh, from my time in town, which is going on four decades now, it's it's always been a, a high point of service for the community yep. to have the roads plowed, and they always do a very good job with it. So thank you very much. I think we're going to take a quick break here. We've been talking with Roy Sorensen about uh, winter road maintenance and snow plowing on what's up salem we'll be back after this short break welcome back to what's up salem i'm ross maldoff the former planning director for the town of salem we're talking with roy Sorensen, municipal services director thank you again for being here roy could we switch gears and sure. talk a little bit about uh, some of the other projects in town? I know the depot uh, just finished up. I sent you an email and said I thought it looked absolutely fabulous, particularly with the trees and the street signs and the uh, light uh, fixtures, the uh, the poles, the things, the decorative poles that you put up there. It's really a, a, a very classy look to an area that uh, most people wouldn't have said was classy uh, before yeah. you got done. So thank you for all your help there. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so um, th- obviously it did. It came out fantastic. It was a battle a little bit throughout, but uh, as you know, that project goes back to 1995 when it was first proposed. We had some federal money, uh, and we had to extend the deadline for that to, to maintain that federal money. So there's been a lot of people involved throughout, and as you know. So uh, people have put their work in. Uh, fortunate for me in coming here, I guess, is was to get the project to the point to final design and then build, right? Now, the build was, was difficult in that uh, we ran into some issues with the contractor, uh, unfortunately, and we had to uh, execute uh, pulling the performance bond, and that's where you basically uh, 
take monies left over on the contract and you handle the work itself and you whatever monies you might need to make up that difference comes from a performance bond. Why did that happen? Uh, I think, I, th- you know, again, I don't want to speak to the situation with the contract, but I, I just think it was he couldn't perform because of some other issues on some other jobs he had going on. Uh, and unfortunately for him, he just he couldn't complete the job. What's so. the total cost of the project, by the way? So the project itself, when we're all said and done, and this is, well, it's twofold. So the, the land purchase um, or the eminent domain, which is the properties, that was around $7.5 million. Uh, 50% of that was covered uh, by the Federal Highway NHDOT. The other 50% came from the town. We, if you go back in time to 2017, I believe, uh, there was a warrant article placed on there, and the, the voters approved that. So that was the first step, all right, taking the property. Uh, all those businesses, by the way, uh, got fair market value for their properties, and they were relocated. All of that expense was part of that. And uh, to date, I think some of them are still in the community. Uh, a couple may have gone in different areas, but for the most part, they're still here, just in different parts of the community. The road project itself uh, is at another $4.5 million. And uh, we also had the, as you know, which wasn't part of the original design, I kind of added it in not necessarily late, but I thought it was imperative. When the final design itself was being done on the project, the utility poles that were out there, they were still in harm's way. It it almost seemed like we were designing around utility poles. And I challenged uh, Liberty Utilities on that and said, you need to move your poles because they're a safety hazard at this point, and it's limiting our ability to complete this design uh, we did that, and we went underground with all the utilities. Now, that includes a lot of the communications companies, uh, Consolidated, Fairpoint, um, Comcast, as well as the town's network, Fire Alarm. That was a, a major project. You were still here when we did that. And so basically all the infrastructure underneath the depot, including the water and the sewer, the drainage, it's all brand new at this point. Even gas. We extended gas from Main Street West across the intersection to Main Street East, uh, which previously was not there. So we were able to get all our utility work done. It was, it was a heavy lift. So $12 million, $12 million yep. to uh, basically add a turning lane, Two northbound lanes. and southbound. And I know we did a little bit of work on the Main Street approaches, but no additional lanes there. Is that right? I know at one point we were getting uh, on Main Street uh, westbound, we were getting... Uh, an additional yep. lane there, but I see that that's gone now. I think it might have been there for a little bit, but uh, so th- there was there were a couple different designs uh, put out there. A lot of it, as you mentioned, did involve taking property on either side of Main Street, which is quite difficult. Uh, that the state as well as the feds didn't want to get too much into that. They wanted to stick onto Broadway because the eminent di- domain process is it's pretty difficult in that it it displaces people and, and things of that nature. We actually. 80 Main Street, which is um, across from our train station, and it used to house, uh, I think it was Lucky, Lucky, was it Lucky Dragon? Oh, it was one of the Chinese restaurants in town. And China Star. China Star, thank you. Yep, I'm sorry, yeah, Lucky Dragon's down the street. Uh, China Star, uh, folks remember, it had a, a fire, and the building burnt down. And we were able to work with the owners of that property uh, and they were very diligent in, 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 in understanding the town's interest in that property, given the proximity of the depot and everything else. And we got that property from them. We purchased that. That did allow us to extend that right-hand turn lane yep. uh, a little bit. 
but not an exclusive. Okay, just let us bring that lane back almost closer to Central Street. Uh, on the other side of Main Street, between the Salem um, Co-op Bank and the Masonic Temple, it's real tight in there. Now, the building that used to be next to the Masonic Temple, uh, the gentleman that owns the gas station on the corner also owned that property. Uh, we were able to work with him on an easement to just widen the road somewhat. Now, that building came down last year, and he's got a plan on file, as you know, to build a new station there. So that old Sunoco station will be coming down at some point. Roy, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but uh, I wanted to ask you, and maybe when you're done, if you would get to what are we going to do with the land that's left over? You've got some nice yep. grass areas. You've got some trees. It looks very nice. All right. But I think there's some idea of yeah, potentially so, using or redeveloping some of that land. Yeah, so let's just back up a little bit. So you, you talked about this, and, and I mentioned before, too, uh, the depot. It, it seemed like this sacred place in town, right? The Salem Depot, Salem Depot. I moved up here 20 years ago. I heard about the Salem Depot. And I drove through it many times, and I, I, I didn't even know where the depot was because I thought it was this place that, not to say that it was you know, run down or anything, but there was really nothing magnificent to look at, right? Let's face it. So... And it was very congested. The density was tight. The buildings were up on the road and a lot of older structures out there. Uh, currently with the road project, we've been able to do a lot of things. We've been able to leverage some land, as I mentioned, get some properties, open it up. As you know, the rail trail is going to come through there. Tuscan development is, uh, Tuscan Village development's underway. Uh, so we're going to have an opportunity, as I mentioned, with some open space, <clears throat> excuse me, which was the 80 Main Street lot that the town now controls. We have the municipal parking lot there. The parcel that's in front of or the backside of the train station, but on facing uh, North Broadway, which is one North Broadway, that's we own 50% of that. The state owns 50%. And all the parcels on South Broadway <clears throat> on the west side where Daisy's Cleaners and all those were, same thing there. So the open space is now there. The question becomes, what can the community do to really make this look nice? Now, some of the features are there, right? The sidewalks are in place. The rail trail's being built. The exterior lighting's up. Uh, the banners went up. Some really nice things happening. Great. Yeah. So we're going to try. We have a group that's put together. It's called the Depot Village Advisory Committee. And we're trying to figure out best uses for that property and what, what might happen. Now, obviously, it's cost everything, right? So we need to figure that, that out as well. So as, to answer your question, we don't know yet. We're in the planning stages, uh, as I mentioned. So... Uh, that committee will be coming forward probably at some point next year with some ideas to the town council. If anybody in the public, anybody in the listening audience wanted to comment sure. or give you ideas for mm -hmm. what they think uh, should happen there, can they can they get in touch with you or can they get yep. in touch with they, anybody they else? They can certainly, yeah, they can They can get in touch with me. Uh, they can get in touch with, obviously, Jacob, too, who, as you know, is your, Jacob is the replacement for Ross, right? Because he's Jacob's actually part of that group. Um, yeah, any ideas they might have or some things that they might like to see, because that'll be part of the process is community input, uh, taking a look at w what matters to the community at this point and what would they want to see from entities out there. Great. I, you know, very, very interesting stuff. You've done such a great job with that. I also, by the way, want to say we went up and used the, the northerly end of the rail trail, uh, where the, uh, canopy station is, and I think you did such a fabulous oh, yeah, the job station. up there with the uh, parking lot yep. and then with the building, uh, which is a pump station, but it's designed to look like an old building, and it's really uh, uh, 
something that we should all be very proud of in yep. the community. And thank you for working on that so much. Um, Anything, any final words to say in our remaining? No, I, I'd certainly love seconds. to come back because we do have a lot of other projects coming up. They're still going to be in the area, I think, over the next two, three years. And people say, oh, geez, Salem's been under construction for the past 10 years. And they are correct. It's going to continue for a little bit because we still have a lot of infrastructure work to do. Uh, Main and Pleasant Street is going to be a big intersection project. Again, we're going to try to, we're going underground with the utilities up there. Um, and you'll see the workforce housing is being built, and you'll have some more street lighting up there, banners, wide sidewalks, uh, connectivity, right? So we're trying to get connectivity throughout that little area downtown in the depot. So Great stuff. Thank you very much. Our guest has been Roy Sorensen, the Municipal, uh, Municipal Services Director. Thank you for joining us Thank you. on this podcast. If you want more information on this or any other topics we've discussed Go to the website at whatsupsalem.com. I've been your host, Ross Maldoff. Thank you for listening to What's Up Salem. What's Up Salem is produced by the town of Salem in cooperation with some Salem Community Television and the Salem CTE program. Uh, I'm your host, Ross Maldoff. Our line recorders today were students Kira Lancia and Michaela Phillips, thank you very much for your help. Uh, editor and producer is Nick Donovan. Tom Giarusso, thank you very much for helping us set all this up. For more information, go to whatsupsalem.com or contact us at whatsupsalemnh at gmail.com.